Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and what is the title of my message today? How to tell if you have entered a season of refining and how to get out faster. We've talked about these things before, but I have a strong, strong feeling that we need to talk about them again. This was supposed to be the podcast for last week, and I was in no way able to Uh, do a podcast last week, so I apologize for that. Before I go further, I want to talk about, I want to mention the war that's going on in Israel. When the war started, when the the, um, attacks began, I had a very strong, strong feeling in my spirit. This is not like other wars. All the other times that war has broken out in the Middle East, I have not really reacted to it. This time, my spirit and everything in me reacted to this, and that means something. I think this is very significant. Okay, Um, the Bible tells us to grieve with those who grieve, and the people of Israel are grieving, y'all. They are grieving so bad. My heart is just broken for them. And I've been listening to the news off and on as I work and just praying and praying and praying for them. If you are in Israel, or if you love someone who is, be comforted by this. I know that many are helpless in the hands of the enemy right now, over there, and they can do nothing. But we can, y'all, we can do something. We can pray. Um, We can pray Psalm 91 over the people that we love. We can cover them with that, and God will cover them with his feathers. And I would like to say something else. The one true God, the God of all of heaven, the same creator who created all the earth, is never mocked. Lord, we lift your people Israel to you right now. Father, we ask that you would protect your people from those who rise up against them. We pray that you would deliver them from evildoers and save them from bloodthirsty men. Carry their pain, Lord God. Deliver them from violence. You are mighty to save. Lord, there is none like you. You are our shield and our buckler. You are our refuge and our high tower. Send ambushments against your enemies and cause them to fall helplessly before you. And rend a victory so large, Lord God, that the entire world sees that you are truly God. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name, the name above all names, the Lord of lords and King of kings. Amen. So now back to our teaching on refining. Those of you who have read The Wilderness Companion, uh, where I wrote about the times when God refined me, uh, some people ask why the Lord uses the refining methods he uses. He uses them very simply because they work and because they have always worked, because refining is something you must be shown and not told. You cannot be refined just, you know, reading a book off the shelf or something. Now, the one exception is if you read the Bible over and over and over, you're washed by the water of the Word. 
but you have to submit to the changes the Lord wants you to make in order uh, to get better. Psalm 139.23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. You know what? If we were better about examining our own hearts more often, maybe we would not need so much refining. So who does the refining? Malachi 3.3 says, And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now, let me tell you about that word purge because it should scare you. If it doesn't, it will when I tell you this. According to the Jacinius, that um, Hebrew uh, Chaldee lexicon, it means to squeeze through a strainer. And let me tell you, from personal experience, that's about what it feels like. What does refining look like? How does the Lord refine us? Let's say you're in a season of refining or you think you've entered into one. What does that look like? Psalm 66, verses 10 through 20. For thou, O Lord, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Let me stop right there and let's talk about just for a second. I want to tell you how silver is tried because you can, the Bible will define itself. If you find something you don't understand in one scripture, there'll be another scripture somewhere in the Bible that will explain it to you. And in this case, it's Psalm 12, 6, which says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times. Okay, so that tells us something about the process of refining right there. My friend Cheryl that did the numbers, I never have been able to get her on the program, but she said to me one time, um, that when God tries you, he tries you three times on each thing. I don't know if that's true or not, but this makes me think it might be true. So what does refining look like? Okay. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Okay. And silver is tried seven times. Verse 11. Thou brought, it up, brought us, us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. I should have written this in King James, the New King James. Okay, if he brings us into the net, that means he leads us into a place that we can't get out of, and he lays affliction upon us. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads, so he puts us under submission under someone. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Now look at that. He brought you out into a wealthy place, so he made you better for the refining, is what that means to me. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered, and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. Isn't that the truth? A lot of people, when they get in trouble, they start promising God stuff, but as soon as they're out of trouble and he gets them out of trouble, they don't remember. But this is saying, I will pay thee my vows. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah. Come in here, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Verse 17, I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Verse 20, Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. 
how do we end up getting into a season of refinement? Isaiah 48, verses 8 through 13. Yea, thou heardest not. Yea, thou knewest not. Yea, from that time that thine ear was not open, for I knew that thou wouldest deal with very treacherously, and was called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. How you go from being called to being chosen is you survive the furnace of affliction. And it is rough, y'all. I'm telling you it's rough. It's pretty tough. For mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth. And my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. What do you think the Lord wants from you in a season of refining? Do you ever stop to think about that? It's really important to know that. I will tell you the first two things I do anytime I know I've entered a season of refining or what I call a wilderness season. I immediately set myself to submit and to humble myself. You better do it quick because if you don't do it, he'll do it for you. It's a lot easier if you do it. That's just a tip for y'all. Okay, to get them to a season of refining, God led Israel into a season of a great need, and then he met their needs. Why did he do that? And he appeared to do that again and again and again. He did the same thing with me, by the way. Our human tendency is to complain. But look at the victory and the praise songs that they made up. If you look back in Deuteronomy and Exodus, it's really interesting. So they did not just complain. They also did praise. What would happen if we spent a whole hour or a whole day speaking nothing but praise and victory? What if we just praised him knowing he does always come through for us, knowing he is always faithful, knowing he can do anything? What if we did that? What if we just praised him the next time we had a problem? I want you all to think about that. There was a story I read somewhere, I don't know where, a long time ago or I heard somewhere, that there was this lady, her mom, whenever there was a problem or a bill they couldn't pay or something like that, she would have um, her kids do take over everything else. And for the entire day, she would pace back and forth in the house and she would praise and she would praise, and she would praise, and that's all she did all day long. And her daughter said, not one time ever by the end of that day was that problem not solved. Not once. So I think if we just praised him, that is what would happen. Y'all, we're, we're in some hard times, are we not? Is the world not turned into just a big mess? I mean, because that's all I see. It's just a mess, and it's not getting any better. So we better know what to do. When it gets bad, bad, bad. Okay, I'm just saying. We need to know things like this, what to do. So just praise Him is one of the things that you can do. One of the things God will refine about you when you are in a season of refining is bad attitudes. If you look at the Israelites, and I'm not putting them down when I say this. God bless them. I couldn't have done what they did and trudged around in the desert for 40 years. They were in the heat and the dry and the bareness of the desert. Y'all, I don't do good when it's too hot. I get real cranky. Everybody does. In the South, 
I mean, it, it, when it gets hot down here, we get cranky. I'm serious. Everybody does when they are uncomfortable or when they don't have what they need. But that's something that we have to restrain ourselves from doing as much as we can. Because when we speak something, we establish it. When we decree a thing, it is established. That's what the word says, right? Okay, so, but for an example, and that's why he put what they did in the Bible, because it was an example for us to see what to do and what not to do. The word says, his praise shall be continually on our lips. And I put in parentheses or else, because the truth is, if there's other things on our lips, it's going to bring bad things to us that we don't want. Okay, not loving, not being a loving person is a bad attitude in itself. Being very unloving can get you sent to, to a season of refining. Ask him to give you a heart of love, a new heart. Uh, if we have wrong priorities, if you constantly seek after anything other than the kingdom of God, if all you can think about is, is your wealth or attaining wealth or your beauty or a kingdom spouse or your college degree or any other worldly thing, then you love your life more than you love him. I'm telling you the truth, and I'm trying to help you when I tell you this, okay? And you will be left behind if Jesus suddenly comes back because you are in idolatry. And you can listen to my last podcast if you have any questions about that because I shared something really important. Having wealth or beauty or both is a huge blessing, but you can't take it with you. Nobody is going to heaven with a U-Haul, okay? Nobody's pulling a U-Haul up there. You're not taking your stuff with you. He gives us things to enjoy while we are here. He gives us things to help us be comfortable while we are here. But none of them take precedence over him. And none of them are going with us when we go. I'm just saying. We are blessed with whatever we are blessed with for the purpose of being a blessing to others. Remember that. Okay, because he gives blessings to people that he can use as channels to get him through to other people. Because that gives him praise. He gets glorified in that when they go and give a testimony about it. Are you doing that with your blessings? Or are you in love with your blessings? Because he will have no other gods and he'll destroy those idols. In Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 2, it says the idols he will utterly abolish and he will. He'll crush them like a bug. Y'all have heard me tell the story before about the gold refiner's jewelry shop, but I'll tell it again for the new listeners who have not heard it. There were these people that were out, uh, tourists that were in this one place, and they were walking around looking, you know, at stuff. And they came across this jewelry shop, and they were looking through the window, and they and it had beautiful handmade jewelry. So they went in, and there was this man that owned the jewelry shop, but he wasn't in there. And they saw a door open, and they walked out back, and there he was, and he was sitting by this pot that was over this open fire. And they said, what are you doing? Come inside. We want to buy some jewelry. And he said, I can't. They said, what are you doing? He said, I'm refining the gold. And they were like, well, can't you just leave it for a minute and come in here and like ring us up? And he said, I can't. I can't leave it alone while it's being refined. And they said, why not? And he said, because if the gold gets too hot, it'll burn up. And if it gets too cold, it will harden with the impurities still in it. And he was constantly skimming the top of the gold. And they said, well, how long is that going to take? When will, you know, how will you know when you're going to be done? When you're done? And he said, I'll know I'm done when I can see my reflection in it. And that's how God knows he's done refining us. 
when he can see himself reflected in us, when he can hear himself reflected in our words, when he can see himself reflected in our attitudes, in our love for other people. And if he cannot see himself reflected in you, when he comes back, then you're going to be left behind for the tribulation, I'm just saying. That is what I know about that. So the good news is God is getting his people ready for us to be, go home to him. But the bad news is how he does that is by refining. Yeah, I hear y'all groaning. I'm groaning with you on that one. He is removing the spots and blemishes so he can present to himself a bride without spot or wrinkle. Just like he said he would. Zechariah 13.9 also shows what refining looks like. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall say the Lord is my God. You will praise him after the refining is finished. It's a little hard to praise him while he's doing it, but it really helps if you do. Because we're always supposed to praise him no matter what. 1 Peter 1, 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let me read you some more verses about refining. 1 Peter 5, 10, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Refining is part of perfecting. Job 23.10 But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. May we all come forth as gold. I don't know if you can avoid the refiner's fire because I think everybody has to be refined to some degree. And I think how much also depends on what you are called to do. Because he can't put you out there and use you for the kingdom of God if you're a big mess, okay? He just can't. I'm just saying. But he might present to himself a glorious church, not having a spot. And a spot means a moral spot, a fault or a moral blemish. Or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And without blemish there is compared to how a sacrifice had to be without blemish. Sacrificial animals were uh, required to be perfect. They couldn't have anything wrong with them. He is getting his bride ready for the marriage feast. And y'all will probably notice that the lukewarm are not getting the memo to be refined. It's not that he's not trying to refine them. It's that they don't believe their sins count against them. You won't see any of the lukewarm at the marriage supper, I don't believe. They will stay for the late show and go through the horrors of the great tribulation because they refuse to give up their sin. Now, it's up to each one of us if we want to do that, right? Here's the thing. He wants us to try our very hardest to not have any sin in our lives. And I'm going to tell you why that is very important to do. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 8, tells us a whole list of sins we need to put aside. And that we have not fought hard enough against our sin. 
verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand at the of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. So if we are not being chastised, if the Lord is leaving us alone with our sin and we do not feel sorry or repentant for it, we should be very concerned. To chastise means to be instructed or taught to learn or to cause one to learn. Some people ask, how does it feel to be in the refining process? <laughs> I can only tell you about my own experiences, but to me it felt like being in a pressure cooker. I usually cry and pray and fast my way through seasons of refining, I'm just saying. The Bible compares refining with refining metal like gold. Gold is refined at very high temperatures in the old days, and Maybe still in some places today, gold is refined over a fire. Fire is hot and very intense. The intense heat of fire makes things expand. The refining fire will especially expand your emotions. They are magnified and you have to fight blowing up at people and situations or not. You have to fight just giving up and going away from God when it gets so hard that you feel like you cannot do another minute in the intense heat. But I'll tell you something else about the refinement. When he takes you into a season of refinement, he will close the doors behind you as you go. So you cannot turn around and go back where you were. And he will close the doors in front of you so that until you have gone through the refinement, you cannot move forward either. So you're stuck in the middle in the pressure cooker. It's fun. The Lord often refines us by taking our comforts and stripping away our security blankets, and then we are afflicted with various burdens, relationship troubles, bill collectors calling, physical pain and inconvenience, having to live with relatives you would rather not live with or having them live with you, all manner of afflictions depending on exactly what the Lord is trying to accomplish in you in that season of refining. We don't... In tend to act real well when we're uncomfortable. When you take away our stuff and we are in lack, we can become desperate and act out. When you are being refined, ugliness will rise up in your heart that you would never have dreamed was in there. The good news is that's exactly what he wants. He wants you to see what's there because we cannot repent for that ugliness if we don't know it's there, can we? So it's like the silver or the gold. The impurities rise to the surface. Sometimes he has to put a lot of pressure on from several different angles to get that to happen. The intense heat and pressure of the fire cause the impurities to rise, where they can then be removed. 
leaving only the purest and most beautiful gold. But if the fire cools down too much, the gold will harden, and the impurities will still be in it. If it gets too hot, it will be destroyed. The refining fire is a delicate balance, but he watches over us very intently and very carefully when we are in the fiery furnace of refining. Remember, he said, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Refining is not fun, but it is necessary. The good thing is, if he's refining a bunch of us, we're getting ready to go home, y'all. He's getting ready to call us home to him, and thank goodness for that. How do you submit to him? I'm glad you asked. When the Lord gives you a check in your spirit or when you can feel him correcting you or saying, hey, don't do that or don't say that, submitting means stopping what you were going to do and doing the right thing instead, doing what the word says or what the Lord is leading you to do instead, doing the right thing, being kind instead of being ugly, being generous instead of being stingy, being humble instead of being prideful. 2 Corinthians 7 1 says, and this is the New King James Version. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So let's say you've decided you don't want any of having your comfort and security stripped away. What then? What happens if we don't submit? Remember what Jesus said to Peter in John 13:8? Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered and said, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Think about that. What I was given to know is that those who refuse his refining will be left as long as is necessary in the great tribulation. As he works with them on submitting to his refining, it's up to us. But that is a horror show I don't think you want to be here for. It is a lot better for you if you have enough fear of him and respect for him to submit and just get it over with now. It's not fun, but it is endurable. I endured it, so I know you can. And I've endured more than one session, so apparently I wasn't a fast learner. I'm just saying. Just saying. However tough going through refining is, the Great Tribulation will be far worse. So choose wisely, because once that cloud is left with the bride, that ship is sailed, and you're going to be here for an extended stay in the worst possible conditions, which would be like being in South Texas with no AC. Can I just say that? Just saying. Lord God in heaven, we worship you today in spirit and in truth. We know that as our Father, you love us unconditionally but that you also will chasten us in your mercy when we require it, as you conform us into the image of your beautiful Son, Jesus. We pray today, Lord, that you would help us to submit to your refining and help us to walk through seasons of refining with grace, knowing that you only want what is best for us. And Lord, we lift up Israel to you right now. And Lord God, I pray that you would show your people as much mercy as you possibly can. I know some things have to happen because of the time we live in. But Lord God, they're children and, and babies. And I just pray that you're taking their spirits out before they can feel all of that that's happening. And I pray you would show your people mercy and that the ones who are not yours, you would help them to cry out for you, Jesus, and save as many as you can. 
And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all I have for y'all this week. Uh, I'm out of time, but thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. And don't forget to pray for the peace of Israel and for the people who are enduring that horrible war. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522. Or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Listen to Just Praise Him Radio on WINB, 4 p.m. Eastern on Sundays and 9 p.m. Eastern Thursdays each week. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, there are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax.